hot sec. Since we've recorded, but not right. really since you would have heard these episodes. You are correct. Unless you took a break from listening to our episodes, In which, which case, is your prerogative. That's totally fine, because they're going to be up for you on Apple Podcasts whenever you want to listen. And they will play live on Indie Blue Radio, like it is right now if you're listening to this, unless you're listening afterwards on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> It's very convoluted. I got like partway through that <laughs> sentence and I was like, hold on. Hold on, I don't know what I'm saying. Wait. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. <clears throat> um, but so my name is Shannon. I'm Kathleen. And we are the co-hosts of If Records Could Talk. Where we talk about music. Eventually. Eventually we talk about music. I don't know how eventually it'll be though because <laughs> as I just realized, we don't have... We don't have The Bachelor to talk about anymore. That's true. It's we over. don't. It's over. We finally... Killed it, I guess. Finally killed it. Um, yeah, catch me, catch me not watching Hannah B's season. Of course, I'm saying this now, and I'm probably gonna end up getting sucked into it. But uh, as of this you're point, you're not in sucking time, me into it. So, all right, I'm well, not gonna watch it. Okay, that's fine. Um, as of this point in time, <laughs> I will not be watching it. So, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, so our last episode was about the Jonas Brothers. Our last episode was about the Jonas Brothers. It was a wonderful time. I hope everyone listened to it. If not, you should go listen to it after this is over. Because um, it was probably one of my favorite episodes ever to record. Yeah. <laughs> I love it it was better. very, very fun to record. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, um, but at the end of that, we talked about the song Bounce. Bounce. Which I had never seen before. Um, so what were your I thoughts about it? <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of them. Yeah. I had a it lot was, of thoughts. It's a lot. And I feel like it's always a lot when you watch that video with me yeah because i love that song and i know every word i know all you the dances when we came in here to yep. start setting up mm-hmm. and you were just doing the rap yep that's what i do that's what i do um but so for those of you that haven't had a chance to look it up yet you should you you should but do you want to give a little brief description of it um so it's basically the jonas brothers and Demi Lovato, and mm-hmm. also Big Rob. Big Rob. Big Rob The most involved. important member of the Jonas Brothers. Um, they all, I guess, had a break from tour or something and just decided to mess around and shoot a video somewhere. Yeah, they had a song. And it's a, a song. song called it's called Bounce. Bounce. Uh, not at all new. I don't know why new. I said new song, but it's not at all new. Not it's at very all new. old. I'm pretty sure it was released in 2009, question mark. Whenever they were on tour with Demi Lovato. Lovato. Um, Yeah, it's a a good time. (laughs) Would highly recommend if you just need a little... A little pick-me-up. A little pick-me-up. In the middle of the day. Just uh, go on and look at balance because it's it's good. (laughs) And then if you know me, just imagine me singing Mm. the words and doing the raps and the dance. Perfectly, too. (laughs) Just like with no prompting, just jump right into it. I can just do it. Uh, I can make it happen. She can. Um, I'm not going to do that right now, but I could. No, you're not going to do it right now because... Because then it'll be stuck in my head. And we're not talking about the Jonas Brothers this week. Um, Although we already have. We already have, but it's fine. What are we talking about this week? We're going to talk about... Hozier. Hozier. And Mitski. Yeah. Shannon's going to educate all of us on Mitski. We all need to be educated on Mitski. Everyone needs to be educated. But first, Hozier has a new album. He does. Finally, um, after five years. So five whole years. 
a little would you like a little bit of background on him before that can i share two tweets yes. that i found go for it um so we have notes on google drive and post-its on laptops this week yes um and so my google drive my google doc name for this week is not all men you're right hosier would never do this you sent me this tweet <laughs> My response was, you're right. <laughs> it's true. The tweet was brought uh, brought to us by at Kate C. Garrison. Thank, Thank you, Kate. Kate. <laughs> um, and then a second tweet that I found in replies to mm-hmm. this tweet mm-hmm. was, Hozier isn't a man. He is the physical form that the combined life force of the forest chose to take. Good. It was at that queen nerd. Thank you, that queen nerd. So thank you for uh, the two tweets. <laughs> Just wanted to share. Maybe um, we'll make those a thing because I think that's a good. That a is good, good. Time. and it's good too because if you don't know anything about him, now I'm gonna give like actual factual information. But now you know how like Twitter and like social media and everybody like sees him and interacts with him. Yes, exactly. Um, but so a little bit of background on him. Uh, he is a single artist. His name is his real name is Andrew Hosier Bren. Burn. Burn. I even practiced, and I still <laughs> messed up. It's okay, Hozier. We still love I, you. I very much love you. I, I'm just incapable of speaking. He's 29. He's a millennial. He was born in 1990. He, I, he's a millennial. He, he does not look like he is 29 or born in 1990. No, because he's six foot five. And he literally is a god. He's, he's so hot. He's so tall. He's so hot. He's so talented. <laughs> I love Hozier. That's all I have um, to say. So he is an Irish artist. He was born and raised in Ireland. My I think people. he still lives there. He does. Uh, his father is a blues drummer and I believe works in a bank as well as a day job. Mm-hmm. And his mother is an artist. And fun fact, uh, his mom actually designed the album cover mm-hmm. for this uh, second album that just got released on March 1st. Um, I have a fun quote from Rolling Stone. Uh, it said that his mom designed the album cover in, quote, a process that involved submerging her son underwater for extended periods of time. Mm-hmm. I loved reading and that. And apparently while they were shooting it, um, he kept joking with her about, like, how well the album would sell if he died making the album art. Glad he didn't die while making the album art. <laughs> Um, but so, uh, he started writing songs at the age of 15, uh, Wikipedia classifies him under several genres, uh, indie rock, mm-hmm. soul, mm-hmm. blues, mm-hmm. folk, yeah. R&B, mm-hmm. and blues rock, which I think all fit him very, very well. Very well. I agree. Um, and he does a very good job with them. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> A little bit of a timeline, a little bit of a discography. Um, He was in a different group before Mm -hmm. he started making, like, releasing solo (laughs) music. And then in 2013, he released the Take Me to Church EP, which had Take Me to Church, uh, which has been, I think, like, his most commercially successful song thus far. It made it, like, really, really high on Billboard that summer. Um... And then in 2014, 
He released the From Eden EP, and then later that year released his debut album, which was self-titled, called Hozier. In 2015, he released the Live in America EP. Love that. And we then love a live EP. Nothing for five years. My until... man's was touring. <laughs> he was touring that album. And then he took, uh, I think, like almost a year or two mm-hmm. off. Uh, I know he worked on this second album, Wasteland Baby, which just got released in March 1st uh, and comes after the Nina Cried Power EP, which was released last October. October or September, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And he worked on his second album for about 18 months, writing and recording things for it. He is also part of an organization called Home Sweet Home. Yeah, he is. Which is an Irish organization led by celebrities, including Saoirse Ronan and Glenn Hazard. Hansard, I can talk. We love Saoirse Ronan. Um, And Wikipedia gave me this fun fact. Uh, In 2016, the organization illegally took over an office building in Dublin to house 31 homeless families. Nice. Right on. Love that. That's great. We We stand. We stand. We stand a man. Um, so, <laughs> Wasteland Baby. Wasteland first baby. album in five years. Five whole years. Let's talk about it. It has 14 tracks. They are all written and produced by Hozier. We love that. Uh, there's been, there were some other producers, but he is a producer on all of them, and he is the sole credited writer, I believe, on all really? of them. That's what Wikipedia said. Didn't huh. dig too deep, but that's what Wikipedia said. That's fine. Uh, there were three singles off of the album, mm-hmm. Movement, Almost, parentheses, Sweet Music, oh, and Dinner and Diatribes. Dinner and Diatribes was a single? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, had a, the music video for it just came out recently. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, someone's in that music video. Yes. Someone is. Someone is in that music video. He I is, but then but somebody else is, too. Else in it, but I can't remember um, the album has reached number one in the U.S. and Ireland, but... Nowhere cool. else. Everywhere else it was like He knows where his fan base is. Um, Bring it back. Bring it back. Okay. So I have some quotes from people. Me too. Um, so there was a Rolling Stone article by Jonathan Bernstein. Mm-hmm. He gave the album three out of five stars. Out of what? Five? Oh, you three, just said that. Yeah. I wasn't Three out of five it's stars. <laughs> it's fine. Open your ears. It's time to listen. <laughs> ears are open, ladies. Um, he <laughs> called Nina Cried Power an ode to musical truth-telling, yep. a welcome pop protest left turn that finds Hozier conjuring the power of his record collection as a means of symbolic resistance. Wow. I like that. I like, I like it, too. And it really, really is. Um, if you don't know anything about the song, uh, he basically, it's like a protest song. Mm-hmm. Um, and he names a lot of older, more established artists that have used their careers and their music to be, like, protesters and stand up for civil liberties, civil rights, etc. Like Nina Simone, who he's directly mm-hmm. referencing in that song and comes and up also many other tracks. Mavis Staples, who is a feature on the Wow. Song. What a lady. Mm-hmm. Um, Rolling Stone also called the whole album Feel Good Folksy Hand Claps and Grandioise Gospel Choirs yep. in the hopes of landing on a chill coffeehouse Spotify playlist. You bet. You bet, Rolling Stone. Yeah. They meant it as a bad thing, but I read that and I was like, 
I'd listen to that playlist. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Um, do you do you want to do you want to do one? I have I got have? lots of quotes. So you know, mm-hmm. if you are a longtime listener of this podcast, you know that we don't like Pitchfork. No, but we continue to bring them up because they just every time I, you know, Google an artist, Pitchfork article always, always comes, comes up. up. You know who Pitchfork so, loves? Who Mitski. And we'll get there I'm confused, later. confused, but it's fine. We'll get, we'll get there, there later. later. But for now, um, pitchfork. So, pitchfork. So, Sam, I'm going to mispronounce Sadomsky. this. Sadomsky. Okay. He <laughs> gave this album a 4.8. Out of 10. Out of 10. And I was out like, it's not 10. that bad. It's not that bad, Sam. Don't take it personally. Sam, please. But then he said his little tagline was, the man who took us to church tries to take us to the same church again. 14 times, six years later. And at first I read that. I was like, wait, that's cute. I would go to that church. I would go there. I would go to that church 14 times, six years later. Like, I'd do it. And then I was like, oh, he definitely meant that as a bad thing. But whatever. See, again, like, these writers are like, ooh, I got this sick burn. And I'm like, that's not. It's not not a burn. burn. I like it. Not a burn. It's still sick, though. Um, Scott Simon from NPR said that Hozier is still trying to find the worst case scenario and the warm, still beating heart of humanity. All right. Um, going back to that Pitchfork article, um, Sam Sadomsky also Mm -hmm. said, uh, Hozier's got a gorgeous voice, booming and effervescent. It's an instrument that communicates passion, adventure, and wisdom, all to the extent that transcribing his lyrics seems to be somewhat missing the point. Mm Mm-hmm. I loved. Yeah. And he called the album a purveyor of goodwill packaged in radio anthems designed to be sung at the top of your lungs. Yeah. Which, like, n- again, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing. So, like, They're I'm confused good. about how he gave this album a 4.8. A 4.8 out of 10. Doesn't add up to me, Sam. Doesn't Please add up. He come also said. Throw hands or something. <laughs> let's, let's throw hands with Pitchfork. How many <laughs> times do we say that in an episode? I feel like we say that at least once an episode. Well, um, we're ready. He also said, after all, churches are where we celebrate life's fiery beginnings and endings. But the truth is, we spend most of our time somewhere in the middle, consumed by an earnest and unglamorous everyday kind of searching. Hmm. Without meaning or direction, it might, given a voice, sound something like this album. Which wouldn't be a bad thing. Again, not a bad thing, Sam. Not a bad thing, Sam. Um, The Telegraph's Neil McCormick gave it five out of five song. Song. Five out of five stars, um, and said that Hozier is truly a Mm singer-songwriter in the old-fashioned troubadour sense, Mm -hmm. and said that he had a purposeful swagger, which I thought was nice. If if anything else were used to describe Hozier, it would Mm. be that. Purposeful swagger. Purposeful swagger. Um, And then Mitch Mosk at Atwood Magazine gave it a 10 out of 10. And so that it is an intense, irresistible dive into the depths of human emotion and experience. You bet. Mm-hmm. You bet. Uh, he also called it a smile in the face of terror, a reminder as Hozier lets go and bids farewell that life can only be lived in the moment. Tomorrow may bring, bring catastrophe, but mm-hmm. we're alive and here today. Amen to that, ladies. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's good. Um, so let's talk about some of the songs on this album. Yes. First, first, what did you think about the album? As well? I loved it. I okay. thought that they, I love the way that his songs 
are they have such a cool duality where yeah. they're so chill but they go so hard they go so hard um and it just it makes them so perfect for so many different kinds of occasions yeah. whether you're singing along and dancing you're in the car whatever um and i also just have always really loved his lyrics and yeah. the way that he very poetic because yeah they have a musicality t- a musicality to them that like transcends so many other artists like You're if right. you just read his lyrics you could like go to a slam poetry contest and read his lyrics and people would do that you would win because they're good <laughs> lyrics yeah um, i agree i have some later on when we're talking about songs oh great wow you really yes you really dove deep into this i love them what about you i liked it mm-hmm. um not my favorite. Okay. I kind of agree with Sam from Pitchfork. Oh, my gosh. Where you kind of get caught in the middle of the album, and all mm. the songs sound a little bit, like, too similar. Okay. So there was that. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this, like, his first album was, like, revolutionary. Yeah. And this is not really... Far enough removed exactly. from it. I definitely exactly. see that, especially in, like the backing tracks, the guitar yeah. riffs are all very, very similar. Yeah. And there's a point to which that's okay to do because right. it creates sort of like an overall theme. tone to your yeah. body of work. But there is a point where it's like, well, this is just the same song again. Right. What's going right. on? And I just feel like that as like a sophomore album, mm-hmm. like sophomore slump, I'm sorry, closure. It's a little real right now. I will say, though, I have a lot of, like, there are a lot of songs on here that are good. They're just not my faves. Okay. Almost, though. Can we yeah, talk about I, it? I have, I have a lyric. It? Can I read a lyric? Of course you can. Um, so, almost, parentheses, sweet music. Is so good. Of uh, one of his singles. And I wrote down li- a couple of lyrics that I really, really like. Mm-hmm. Um, the very thought of you and am I blue? A love supreme seems far removed. I get along without you very well some other nights. Oh, the radio news reader chimes, reporting Russian lullabies. She'll turn to me awake and ask, is everything all right? And Lord, almost. That, that chorus mm-hmm. slaps. It goes so hard. <laughs> it goes so hard. The it harmonies, does. oh my God, this song is so good. It's true. I wrote down that I'm literally obsessed, Mm -hmm. and it makes me want to get drunk with a lover and (laughs) dance around and scream all at the same time. Okay. I like that. That's what I wrote down. That's good. I feel like it's a really good description of most of this album, especially this song. You know what song I love more? Mm. No Plan. No Plan is good. No Plan is good. And I was looking up um, some lyrics for this, mm-hmm. and I ended up on uh, Genius, which is where I got oh. all these lyrics. Thank Boom. you. We love Genius. This we song stand. was inspired by astrophysicists. Um, their lectures on, like, entropy and the eventuality of the universe ending. Yeah. I found um, this dude from the Bates student, which is the Bates, Bates College newspaper yes. from Maine. Mm-hmm. He said that he cites astrophysicist Kate yep. Max philosophy of the death of the universe mm-hmm. which like um, your fave could never that's yeah. all i have to say the bio for this song on genius calls it a disco-y stomper inspired by physicist lawrence m krauss's belief that we should rejoice at beginning at being so lucky to even have this relatively brief moment on earth are about greeting the chaos with a laugh and a shrug 
Yeah. And then there's a quote from him where he says the song is like, well, here the fuck we are. <laughs> here the fuck we are. Um, and the lyrics that I really love from that, the verse that I love is, um, why would you make out of words a cage for your own bird when it sings so sweet the screaming, heaving fuckery of the world? Why would you offer a name to the same old tired pain when all things come from nothing and honey if nothing's gained? My heart is thrilled by the still of your hand. It's how I know that you, how I know now that you understand there's no plan, there's no race to be run. Thank you. Um, wow. It's just so, it's so good because it's like, there's no plan. There's no race to be run. Just, just live. Live, y'all. Just live. Just live. We're all gonna die eventually, so just live. Yep. Um, the physicist that he actually name drops, uh, Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a tweet by her that I saw where she was like, "I never thought I would get name dropped in a pop song, but here <laughs> we are. <laughs> what up, y'all? I love that. Um, what that. other songs do you like? Um, I like Shrike." Okay. And talk, yes, um, talk. Sh- I have stuff. Shrike sounds like a song that would be in a movie about Irish people, absolutely. Like Brooklyn, mm-hmm. With my one true love, Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse, love her. Um, Which like is not not meant to be racist at all. In case anyone oh, thought oh, it oh, was, okay. um, I don't know why you would. So talk. I'm also Irish. Um, <laughs> so talk. <laughs> I actually have uh, things from. Hozier, about this song. Uh, He says, there's all these lofty notions of kind of of true love and Mm -hmm. lofty tales and kind of romantic language is used in the verses. And the chorus just admits to like, I'm only using this language to distract from the fact that I'm trying to seduce you here for fear that you find out how I'm imagining you. Um, Which I have the lyrics that he's talking about. Um, So the chorus goes, I won't deny I've got in my mind now all the things I would do. So I try to talk refined for fear that you find out how I'm imagining you. It's such a good song. It's so so clever to be like, yeah, this is how we flirt with one another. But when it gets right down to it, I'm not going to be that smooth or refined. Uh, Yeah. What's up? (laughs) What's up? How are you? Come here often. Uh, What up? Um, a song that I also really, really love is To Make Noise, parentheses, sing. I like that song. <gasps> Why not? I literally got like 10 seconds into it and I was like, nope. I love that song. <laughs> um, and he actually, again, I have words from him. Uh, to, ma- to noise making, sing, is a celebration of the act of singing and what it offers us. The main message of the song is found in the chorus. It doesn't matter how talented a person is, it's enough just to sing. And I have the chorus as well. Cool. Um, it Tell goes, us about it. You didn't always sing it right, but who could call you wrong? To put your emptiness to melody, your awful heart to song. You don't have to sing it nice, but honey, sing it strong. At best, you'll find a little remedy. At worst, the world will sing along. That's so cute. I love that. I still really don't like the song, but that's fine. That's well, fine. I just find it so, like uplifting and I love those kind of messages of like you don't have to be Hozier to sing Hozier. Correct. You don't have to be like the greatest musician in the world. If you want to play, play. If you want to sing, sing. If you want to draw, draw. 
do whatever, fam. Like, who cares? Quote Hozier. (laughs) No plan. No plan. You want to hear another quote from Hozier himself? Yes. He said, every song is standing around the same awful bonfire of the world. Love it. Some of them are optimistic. Some of them are terrified. Love some it. of them are really looking forward to just burning within it. Wow. Right? Wow. Right? Wow. He also said, um, he was talking about how Wasteland Baby mm-hmm. is has like an exclamation point after it. Wasteland said, Baby? Yeah. He said, the tune with its exclamation part and this can't talk take two go again go the tune with its exclamation mark and this wry smile to it seemed to just sum up of what sum up some of that kind of gallows Gallows humor humor. that's across all the songs it's dealing with the worst case scenario but maybe it's a very irish thing if you don't laugh you'd cry so you try to meet these things with a smile on your face iconic um I have more from him as well. Wow. Um, on on the subject of the song Dinner and Diatribes, mm-hmm. he calls it a playful number that tries to credit that feeling of relief when leaving any tedious social engagement, which is such a mood. Accurate. Just every social engagement, really. But such a mood, and I loved that quote. Um, and then, uh, so the song B. I oh, yeah. I don't know what your opinion is. But there, he did a Twitter AMA cute love that there's a lyric in the song b that goes and when the earth is trembling on some new beginning with the same sweet shock of when adam first came Mm -hmm. someone on twitter during this ama asked what the inspiration behind that line was yeah and hosier's response was well i figure that lad had an awful surprise on his hands is all (laughs) (laughs) that's just I just love that so much. Wow. I like that song. It was cute. It was cute. It wasn't it was one good. of my highlights, but it's good. I like it. I like it all. Um, do you have anything else? Um, not really. Okay. Oh, actually, he did talk about how mm. um, he he does a lot of his songs with just vocals at first, and then he, like, sings his own tunes Okay. to get like the correct okay. instrumentation before he like writes it down that's cute he talked about that to hillary like hughes that. at billboard that's a lot of my a lot of my quotes are from the two articles that he did with hillary hughes from billboard i and like they're that very cute that's very nice so um yeah do we want to do we want to give a rating yeah i'm gonna give it like a i'm gonna give it a three out of five okay i'm gonna, I'm gonna give, give it a five. four out of five that's fair i think i like him talking about the album more <laughs> than I actually like the you album. You like his personality. His personality. Oh my god! Is wait, wonderful. we didn't even talk about the fact that he did a pop-up concert in the New York City subway. I can't believe we didn't even talk about that. Oh my god! So I I got really excited. These waveforms. So These waveforms. Um, sorry, everyone's ears. Um, so yeah, he did. When was that? Uh, a couple weeks ago. Now he did. He just showed up to the. Rockefeller, one of the Rockefeller stations mm-hmm. in New York and something in New York City. And on like during rush hour, yep. he just showed up, got his little team together and yeah. just he had started I think singing. two backup singers yeah. and then a couple of instrumentalists, mm-hmm. um, a drummer and, and a just, guitarist, I think. Yeah, started singing and people stopped. People, people listened. Stopped, people listened. 
to get New Yorkers to stop in rush hour is a feat, uh, a and lot. he did yes. it. <laughs> he did do it. He did it well. But yeah, I remember listening to that, and I was just like in awe. Mm. I was mm-hmm. like, yo, I'm shook. He sounded so good. I love the echo that subways yeah. add to people's voices. I yeah. think it's such good On his reverb. version, the one that I watched in entirety was Take Me to Church. It was, I literally cried. It was so it was good. good. I was like, wow, this is so good. I love <laughs> you so much. And I'm crying. All right. Well, uh, but so three out of five for you, four out of five for me. Mm-hmm. Um, is it time to talk more about music? I do believe, Shannon, it is time to talk more about music. Okay. We're going to talk about Mitski. Mitski. Yay. You're going to go see her June 2nd in good old I am. I D-Town, Texas. tickets today. Isn't that My hometown of Texas. That's not a town, it's a state. Everything's fine. Mitski. <laughs> um, uh, her full name is Mitski Mayawaki. Okay. I want to say. Okay. I hope I didn't mess that up. Sorry, I apologize Mitski. to you, Mitski, if I did. Uh, she's 28 now. Love that. She is a Japanese-American singer-songwriter. Um, a lot of her music deals with identity and, like, her struggles with it. Uh, she's been very, very open yeah. about being half-Japanese, half-American, and how that's been a struggle for her. Uh, she's been quoted as saying she's half-Japanese, half-American, but not fully either. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it's reflected in a lot of her songs. Uh, she studied at Purchase College in Harrison, New York, in their Conservatory of Music. Interesting. Okay. She originally went to a different New York college for film and then transferred to Purchase College uh, when she switched to music. Cool. So her right first on. two albums, Lush and Retired from Sad, New Career in Business, which is a great That's album title. Mm-hmm. That's a mood. Uh, were wow. self-released uh, okay. while she was in school. That's cool. After she graduated, she was a vocalist for a prog metal band called Voice Coils, nice. which Way to go, Mitski. didn't take off too much. But then she released her third album with Double Double Whammy called Bury Me at Makeout Creek. I, I love this. I love this so much. <laughs> um, and then she signed with Dead Oceans, okay, uh, which is where she's released her next two albums, Puberty 2, and the most recent one, Be the Cowboy, which we're going to talk so about. So she's released five albums? She's had five albums. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and I know a singular song. A singular song. Oh, no. And one. That's fine. Which I'm pretty sure is off of Be the Cowboy, but I'm not 100% what sure. What song is it? Nobody. Yes, that's off Be the okay. Cowboy. Wow. Uh, yes, but so she's five studio albums. Incredible. Um, she has also, she covered One Direction's Fireproof. Okay. Mm-hmm, for a compilation album that I forget the name of it, but it has a hundred songs on it by different artists. It's called like our first hundred songs or something. That's so cute. Um, but the sales of the album go specifically to causes that are threatened by Donald Trump's proposed policies. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's um, that on that, ladies. That's that on that. 
Her first two albums were piano-based, all piano and her vocals. And her third album and most of the ones after that, they've gotten a little bit more complicated with the instrumentals, but uh, she's been credited a lot for her raw and impulsive guitar. Okay. And that all started with her third album, Bury Me at Makeout Creek. Cute. So, yes. (laughs) So, Be the Cowboy, released last year in 2018, Mm -hmm. is her most recent album. Uh, And so, Pitchfork, which I mentioned earlier, they love Metzke. They gave her, I believe, album of the year for Be the Cowboy. Hello? Mm Mm-hmm. They okay, rated Pitchfork, it. Let's talk. Yes, uh, Quinn Moreland at Pitchfork gave it an eight point eight out of ten. Why couldn't they just give it a ten out of ten? Uh, if it's gonna be their album of the year, just give it a ten out of ten. Pitchfork. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Again, just but the talk. like tagline at the top said, "From the music to her emotions, Mitski has the power to make the complex seem dazzlingly clear." Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and he commented a lot on how the album displays Mitski's knowledge of song structure and her ability to bend any idea to her will Hmm. and her ability to warp the pop textbook into something more naughty and internal, creating a unique zone where the 27-year-old thrives. She's never sounded so large, even in the record's quietest moments. The first part of that little bit there Mm -hmm. is so pretentious, but at the same time, (laughs) I understand exactly what, what Quinn is saying. Yes. So there's that. Thank you, Quinn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he ended the article with something that I really, really liked, um, especially being a fan of the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that she allows herself to crack. For the first time, she seems fully content with the vulnerability. Um, because a big part of Be the Cowboy was it was one of the first times that she didn't continually use doubled vocals. So it's a lot like the thinner, they're thinner vocals. They oh, aren't okay. as like. It's not doubled over, so Got she's it. not, like, supporting herself Got within okay. the song, that's was, even. That's what I was thinking, but I was unsure of what um, you were trying to say. Rub your microphone while we're recording. I'm really sorry if we need to re-record that. Uh, I thought there was some schmutz on it. Um, so, Will Hermes with Rolling Stone uh, gave Be the Cowboy four out of five stars. Okay. Um, and I'm just going to read this whole paragraph because I loved his first paragraph. I love um, it. When Lord took Mitski out on her melodrama tour this year as oh, an yeah, opening act, it was a perfect match. Yes. Two smart, intense women addressing heartache, class issues, and other emotional shitstorms in miniaturistic detail and at maximalist scale albeit with different tools. Yes. Some fans may have been surprised at how easily Mitski's music translated to huge arena stages, but as her third LP proves, making complex feelings of powerlessness loom as large as movie kaijus isn't just a signature talent. It can seem like the main point and power of what Mitski does. Mm -hmm. I love that. Very, very good. Um... That article, he also really liked uh, the song Pink in the Night, um, and that has a really good lyric that I like. Um, it's, I know I've kissed you before, but I didn't do it right. Can I try again, try again, try again, and again, and again, and again? That's cute. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, he said that it doesn't just dignify a lover's desperation. It makes it awe-inspiring, which it definitely does. I cute. love that song. Um 
He called Nobody, the song that you know about, a I burst of cosmic sulking. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, and he said that overall the album uh, validate the choice. I can speak. It's fine. Uh, the songs validate voices that are shaky, hurting, irrational, and damaged while also being smart, wry, powerful, and deserving of love. There are no cowboys riding in to save the day anytime soon, anywhere, it seems. But Mitski will remind you that saving yourself is usually a good first priority. I completely agree, Mitski. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Laura Snapes. I have two things from her. Okay. One about Be the Cowboy. Okay. Um, because I really liked the way that she talked about the song Me and My Husband, which is probably my favorite off of that album. Okay. Um, I just love I love that song. It begins with a sigh. Like it's just Mitski sighing really heavily. And I loved the way um, that Laura Snapes, she said, it has an effect akin to dining with a couple who were obviously tearing each other to shreds seconds before you arrived. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's um, a feeling. Yes, it's rich with thrilling disquiet, accentuating and distorting Mitski's masked inquiries into love that is compellingly desperate, absurdist, and manipulative. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a lot. Yeah, That's and she lot. said that uh, the the whole album trades the rock heft of her 2016 album Puberty 2 for exhilaratingly manic disco girl group hypnosis. We're really thriving today. With Maybe the it's because it's Friday. <laughs> I guess um, it trades the rock heft of her 2016 album Puberty 2 for exhilaratingly manic disco. Girl grip, girl group hypnosis and gothic surrealism among some straighter, strummier numbers. Wow. Yep. And the way that she described um, puberty two for NPR was that it is a strike against the happy, sad poles that govern our lives from an artist who has much more complex and captivating things to offer. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And she said that Puberty 2 traded the slightly rustic quality of 2014's Bury Me at Makeout Creek for grungy sharpness and spacey ambiance and a boost of array of neat production touches. The way her voice can burble and hiss like a boiling kettle or how her breaths sound like whip cracks and the guitars rage so loudly that the feedback seems to contain church bells. Wow! Mm-hmm. If that doesn't make you want to listen to Mitski, nothing else will. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, maybe uh, this other quote. Oh, uh, you got more quotes? Oh, yeah. Uh, Mitski is the patron saint of hashtag sad girls. Wow. you right. <laughs> There's a song on Puberty 2 that is called My Body's Made of Crushed Little Stars. Wow. Mm-hmm. That sounds like some Tumblr, yes. Tumblr quote mm-hmm. stuff right there. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's so good. Uh, my favorite off of Puberty 2 is called Your Best American Girl, which uh, is one of the songs that more so like obviously plays on her struggles with identity as a mm-hmm. Japanese American woman. Um, and... Pitchfork, again, uh, gave it an 8.5 out of 10 Hello. for Puberty 2. And she said that, uh, Jillian Mapes with Pitchfork, said that uh, Puberty 2 makes a resounding personal statement and stakes out territory as one of the most compelling voices in the sphere of indie rock. 
Interesting. Um, and that <clears throat> the album as a whole and Your Best American Girl in general taps directly into what made people love early Weezer and other 90s bands favoring catchy, fuzzy dis- dictonomy. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I just um, need a minute there. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, so I really love Mitski. I think she's she's lesser known, but I love it. Yeah. It's good. Good yeah. music. My sister actually introduced me to Mitski, and that's I so tried cute. to feature her on this by texting her earlier and asking her what her favorite Mitski song was, but she didn't respond to that. She just told me to buy concert tickets. So I did do that, <laughs> and we are going in June to see her. But we just don't know what your sister's But I don't song know is. what her favorite song is because she didn't tell Can me that. Can you guess what it is? Or uh, I know there's a lot of Vinsky songs. Um, it's okay if you Let's can. see. I'll pick one. I'll I'll try to take a guess as to her favorite off of Be the Cowboy. Okay. I would probably guess Washing Machine Heart. Okay. Because I like that one too. Okay. And it seems very her. Um, what other what other deep cuts do you have of songs that people should listen to if they don't know Mitski or if like Mitski? me if they just know Nobody which is you know one nobody. of the saddest songs ever yeah it's um, so sad I mean check I on would, your friends if they're listening to that I would definitely recommend the rest of Be the Cowboy I think okay. it's a really awesome album as a whole great um, I think she does a really good job of like we were talking about with Hozier, she doesn't fall into that trap of like every song sounding very similar, yes. which I feel like happens a lot with indie artists, especially. Yes. Um, they they're all like different enough that they stand out from one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really like um, in her 2013 album "Retired from Sad New Career in Business," I love that name. which is still the greatest name in the whole world. Um, the song "Humpty." I really like that one. Okay. Um, and also you should listen to her cover of Fireproof by One Direction. Oh, yeah, I want to do that. Because it was a very, very good. Yes, she was also on the compilation album Seven Inches for Planned Parenthood. Okay. Well, I'll look up her yes. version. Of um, but overall, I give Mitski a five out of five because I think right she's on. a very good... I'm going to give Nobody a 5 out of 5 because it's a really good sad song. (laughs) It is a good sad song. It's a really good sad song. I I just think that Mitski does a really good job of, like, taking the time to make music for herself, but that also manages to relate to her audience, which I think she knows her audience very, very well. And she's not afraid to vary the things that she does and experiment Mm -hmm. with new things, which is really important for artists. It is really important. Um, we love experimentation. Yeah. For artists. But that's all I had on Mitski. Cool. Do you have anything to throw in about Hozier here at the end? Uh, not really. I've already I covered everything that he's really attractive and okay. I love his music. And someday Do we need to return to the Jonas Brothers at all? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> we could always return to Nick Jonas and the administration, but... <laughs> could we? <laughs> no, I, I don't think, think we so. Talked I think we that. talked about them enough. Um... Well, then I think that's probably going to do it for us, folks. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of If Records Could Talk. I'm Kathleen. And I'm Shannon. Uh, We'll see you guys next time. Uh, bye. Bye!